as part of the digitalization journey, I personally would probably put into every organization within a company as software engineers. Welcome to a brand new episode of our podcast, Human and AI, Mind Machines and the Gradient Descent. Thanks for tuning in again to geek out with us over the fascinating field of AI and the role of human. Today, we're delighted to welcome Roger Meyer, the principal key expert for digital transformation. Roger strongly believes that collaboration across organizational boundaries is key. And he lives by this principle with a great passion for open source, which is also the reason why he created the internal social coding platform, CodeSiemens.com. That already sounds super inspiring. Can't wait to hear more about you and your story and the projects that you're running. So let's get this episode started. Roger, welcome to Human and AI. And thanks so much for taking some time today to join our little show. How are you and where do we catch you today? Thanks a lot for inviting me. Uh, I feel pretty good uh, going to do, uh, this weekend to my hometown uh, with my kids. My wife's staying at home. I'm wearing shorts, t-shirt, flip-flops, maybe going to the lake swimming. So working with an awesome team, the best I ever worked with. So all pretty much fine. And yeah, I'm somehow maybe a little Gluck's pills or lucky devil. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, that sounds nice, right? Summer is approaching. Um, I guess, right? It feels of almost. It, it, it sounds a bit like new normal. Nee, normal, actually, right? So, being curious, Roger, uh, great, great to have you, right? I think you have more follower on GitLab as on Twitter. I don't know what that means, you, but you, you also refer to yourself to be a committer for eleven years. What do you mean by that? Is there any, if you reflect a bit on your personal, you know, uh, lost career steps, any personal bugs or features uh, in your life you can share with us? Yeah, I, I'm not sure if it's uh, 11 years, to be honest. Uh, I just remember somehow in 2010, I made the github.com Siemens account. And also in the past, I uh, did a lot of contribution, contributions to a lot of uh, open source software. So... Some of the open source software is already on another planet with the Mars helicopter, for example. I've done a lot of things. So my name is Bob for Overflow on uh, those uh, coding platforms such as GitHub and GitLab. So feel free to to uh, check the things there. So uh, a lot of great stuff we did uh, within Siemens, sometimes also in spare time, of course. And yeah, personally, Of course, I'm full of bugs. I'm far away from being perfect, uh, like all the human beings, I would say. And uh, that's why I like to have peer reviews and uh, have cool teammates, so exchanging and so on. And yeah, even with my bugs, I'm in love with me. And so therefore able to uh, be in love with others. And uh, today I'm probably more a family man, I have a wife, I have kids, I have a house, I have a garden. <laughs> I have some friends uh, since the kindergarten. Um, yeah, but maybe in the past, when I was 20, I spent all my money for skydiving, snowboarding, doing party and vacation. Yeah, holy moly, fuck, this was a great time. Eh? Skydiving? Like jumping out of airplane? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. This, <laughs> Why this not? Was, um, <laughs> 
<laughs> you have to feel it. I can tell you. Okay. Your current role is um, the principal for digital transformation, right? So was it um, your goal to become that? And what are you aiming for in that transformation process? Um, yeah, I somehow have been grown into that uh, position, uh, of course, over the years, getting more visibility and so on. And uh, it's it's a title uh, at the end. I guess uh, the most important thing is uh, how do you act within the organization? So for me, digital transformation is... Um, automating things, integrating uh, systems, my API, um, uh, improve every day um, uh, how you're working, change the things uh, on, on, on how you worked maybe in the past, throw things away you did a few years ago and then uh, do it different, uh, do it better. And, and, and uh, yeah, and of course, It's about people. It's at the end. It's it's um, software engineering and digital transformation is is a people thing. It's a, it's a supporting function. Uh, digitalization is supporting us. So how can we avoid manual tasks like filling forms or something that can a machine do, or, or how can we integrate uh, the machines and systems in 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 a much better way? So to to uh, get rid of manual work or, or duplicated work across the organization. So maybe those are so a little bit the, the things mm -hmm. uh, I'm focusing on. Yeah. But I mean, you're, you're a software geek, right? So you come in from a software development perspective, right? And if you look on the transformation, the first thought, I was like, you know, uh, there's a buzz around adaptive organizations, right? And I mean, adaptive and agile organizations, right? Large orgs, crazy, right? Um, but in the open source world, um, you know, which maybe you're saying, right? We have the concept of merge and fork, right? And merge requests, you know, changing enhancements or proposing, you know, setups or forks, you know, further development and splitting stuff. Right? How can you somehow relate, you know, the methodology, the concepts out of software development cycle, right, um, for the organizational setup as well, right? Making content-based, split merge, enhancing or enforcing, right, certain aspects. What do you? Can you relate something from organizational development to software development and vice versa? Uh, that's a very good question. Um, yeah, maybe. Yeah, first of all, I would say change is the rule. So uh, all the things um, uh, changing continuously, the job I've learned doesn't exist anymore. So I think in the open source world, you have the, the transparency. Also, when we are applying the open source patterns uh, in-house using a, an empty, the inner source principle, so sharing code in, internally, uh, it's, it's about transparency. And having transparent decision-taking uh, that, of course, people can discuss open and transparent on decisions. So we do this uh, within the core team. So uh, most all the Siemens employees can have a look at how we are coming to conclusions uh, uh, within uh, the team, for example, and can comment on uh, our Uh, decisions we we gonna take for example we are applying kind of this 
uh, within the core team. So we've introduced uh, at the very early days the meritocracy uh, principle. So people getting voted into the uh, uh, core team by the existing teams. So that's something uh, somehow how we apply those principles a little bit within uh, our team. Uh, of course, also having job interviews uh, together with the team members. So at the end, you need uh, some kind of a very good team fit. And maybe not this something uh, um, you see, of course, in, 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 in some areas in, in, uh, that people maybe uh, or organizations do not take care enough on the people fit the people match. Yeah, but that goes in a bit of the, you know, already in the software culture aspect, right? In, in agile software methodology, we have, you know, like Scrum, we have the concept of self-selection, right? By letting the team pitch and select each other based on the capabilities and also maybe, and actually important, the aspirations to grow, right? You don't have to be perfect in something, but you, you need to raise the attention, I want to grow in that. How do you shape that kind of open source culture in the community, right, in Siemens? You mentioned already self-selection. So you have a steering or is it consensus decision-making? You know, how, how are then the, this decision being made, right? It's like, you know, there is this this elite, right, <laughs> group no. on Linux where they're like, you are a decent software developer <laughs> and, and you're not, or you have to at least commit, you know, to th thousands of projects in order to participate. How do you do that? It's 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 a concept uh, we're we're finding and 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 discussing uh, within the team. Of course, we have a lot of chats also, but uh, uh, maybe some team, some people from the outside world, maybe see when we are discussing within the core team uh, on on topics. Uh, um, hey, they are in a fight. They they have some uh, personal <laughs> disagreements and so on. But this is only a technical discussion and we are separating um let's say the the, the technical discussion or the, uh, of, of of a specific topic and the personal relationship so if you have a very good and that's why the people aspect is that important if you have a good personal relationship it's easy to also having strong conversations on a specific particular technical thing uh, to come then to a common conclusion and, and, and having more people involved. Of course, you can't discuss endless, but uh, uh, in, 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 in uh, I would say in all the cases I have before on, on, on uh, the major decisions also for the platform and, and so on, we came to a common conclusion. And this is, of course, also requires to have a common long-term goal, vision, the team uh, agrees on and is fully committed so you can forget about the micromanagement and, uh, and the little task planning thingy because the people knows what's important, where to go and why. And mm. then you can focus more on uh, the technical uh, discussions and do real collaboration. And, and uh, having that feedback culture in place, that transparency, uh, helps you to become better and better and better. And we do, for example, if if, if something went wrong on, on code.seems.com, uh, for example, because of dependencies, because of uh, um, uh, an issue on our side or whatever, we do create post-mortem reports. So we, we ex exactly describe why 
this happened, what was the trigger, what we've learned, what are the follow-up options, and so on. So we're somehow in a continuous improvement cycle and, and uh, in an open uh, collaboration as humans within a team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. But, so you addressed it already, right? Uh, I've known you also from the drivers of the code.sinus.com. Come give us, give us and the audience a bit of a stats, right, in the journey. What, what the heck is code.sinus.com and why it is matters? It's a social coding platform we're running uh, internally for uh, Siemens and uh, Siemens uh, business partners that are working on behalf of us. So we have 45,000 registered users at the moment, so uh, about 12 million API requests a day, 200,000 builds or deployment jobs are executed by the projects per day. We've established an in-house community uh, across the company where people help each other, so collaborate and share code uh, internally. And um, it's just awesome to have such a vibrant uh, community in-house established. Yeah, and and, and, uh, how it started, you were asking uh, as well, the journey. So it's... It was my department that uh, building technologies in Zug, and uh, we developed during that time CPU modules to be used within several product lines running Linux, uh, and and Git was the thing used in the open source world. Uh, and we've been contributing to many uh, open source uh, projects and handling mm-hmm. patch sets and so on. And uh, yeah, after complaining. I got the okay to to introduce that for uh, for BT, and then we established BT GitLab. Um, I shared some details on social network. Hey, we have something for us. That's cool, but it would be really nice to have code.seems.com. Mm. And just imagine, I had only one like on that post. And later, a little bit later, at the Siemens Digitalization Day, our former CTO said, there is no backup team. You must make it happen. And then I thought, hey, you're right. If, 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 if you're not going to do it, it will never happen. So mm-hmm. then I just made code.seems.com out of this department, GitLab, uh, without commitment of uh, global funding and so on. Later on, we got that global funding. Uh, I had to inform my boss, of course, then afterwards and uh, said, sorry, it is so important. I just had to do it. And uh, yeah, then we got a lot of fans. The, the golden rule in large corporates, do it right now. I apologize later, right? Isn't it? <laughs> exactly, exactly. And focus on your customers. And in our case, this is the developers. We have thousands of developers serving them day by day and mm-hmm. our basic principle is still the same. For developers, from developers. Mm-hmm. I love it. there's also like next to adaptive and agile um, there's also another buzzword out there it's devops and i think it's one of the hottest buzzword in tech currently right but um, it's more than just buzz Um, can you maybe explain quickly what is devops actually about and which problem does it actually address yeah 
maybe you you might have seen the DevOps symbol uh, already, and um, this is basically a, a infinity loop. It's 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 a the symbol of infinity, and and uh, so the question is at the end, how long does it take to go through the cycles? And uh, typically, you talk about plan, code, build, test, release, deploy, operate, monitor, and of course, then start again uh, with the plan. So the speed is the is the thing, and and if you automate, and that's so. Digitalization, or how you name it, how fast can you deliver? Let's say a bug fix. Are you able to do to do one of those loops within twenty four hours, or within three hours, or within two hours to ship faster, ship better, improve, uh, have better testing, and so on? Do you change your plan? Let's say if you have. Uh, customer feedback do you change your plan and ship another feature in an earlier stage and so on and and then set the priorities right so it's a continuous improvement process um uh, i would say uh, especially focused on software engineering uh, discipline and uh, of course you have different stakeholders uh, there as well and and uh then you can extend it and people talking about biz DevOps or sec DevOps uh, and so on uh, to give a little bit more focus uh, on, uh, on other topics. I would say at the end, it's about the feedback, the cycle speed you have, uh, including customer, of course, customer feedback and all those things uh, all together and, and, uh, yeah, having people from multiple disciplines uh, working and acting together as a team, I would say that's that's uh, the the thing that really matters from my perspective in regard of DevOps or however you name it. Yeah, I love that you uh, mentioned the speed aspect, especially like in a time where the only thing certain is change, and also like. Um, incorporating different perspectives to make that bug fix or the adaptation also right. Um, maybe we should also talk a little bit about um, AI and machine learning, right? Um, the open um, publication like Archive, but also open source movement have pushed um, significant advances in recent years. And I guess one of the major drivers is the deep learning revolution. So what's your view on the AI and machine learning community? Um, do you see any touch points? Of course, uh, the open source is the innovation driver, I would say, also uh, helps really to scale AI technology uh, across the globe. We have many people within uh, the Siemens uh, AI and machine learning folks that are power users uh, of our pl platform. So we're collaborating, uh, they're contributing also to our documentation and so on, and interacting also with other folks at the community. And, and uh, the cool thing, uh, yeah, that the core technology is typically open source uh, in the AI world, uh, but a lot of the trained models where people do often contribute without explicit consent are closed and and uh, i'm not a big fan of that personally it's it's a bit like 
not sharing information or education people with uh, existing knowledge uh, of of the society so let's say over the years we learned a lot about things and sharing knowledge across uh, the society and yeah maybe we need somehow or it might exist i don't know uh, something like a wikipedia uh, for the ai world and uh, yeah but but I think you know there there is there's quite some movement right. You have this awesome contribution from Google on TensorFlow on the development IDEs right. You have this awesome contribution also to be honest from Facebook right with PyTorch. Um, you have Keras which now acquired you know in Google in there. Um, but on the other side, not only the large organization, but there's a, a super interesting company which is called Hugging Face uh, which contributes a large scale uh, language models. And this includes not only transformer architecture, so a bit of the Kodi style, which released to open source, but also the model itself. So there is a tendency also releasing the language model itself. Um, not every company, obviously, right? And I guess we're talking in GPT-3 in a second, but, um, um, but to release also the models on open source, right? That's um, really cool. Yeah. Uh, and and one question is obviously it's that the um, the the um, you know there's, there's still a, a huge track especially in industry in machine learning is that you know m maybe eighty percent of those models don't make it in production right we we have hard time scaling AI capabilities because we need to include that in the software development process somehow right yeah. and it ain't that easy do you have any thoughts on that I guess there we need we need HI human intelligence and, and uh... <laughs> what is that automation automation <laughs> collaboration and hi so mm -hmm. yeah maybe as part of the digitalization journey i personally would probably put into every organization uh, within a company uh, software engineers uh, to automate uh, to uh, uh, to focus on the software engineering aspects and i guess uh, also, the collaboration uh, of software engineers, data analysts, uh, and, and so on <laughs> is a very important part here to really make the things, um, to productize uh, the things. So having those, let's say, DevOps infinity loop to improve tests and so on. And, and uh, so that one role is of course tuning the models the other one uh, also operability monitor capabilities and so on and how to really bring that uh, to production and productize so i guess it's a multidiscipline work here and and um, at the end it needs a strong collaboration of software engineers and data scientists to really to productize uh, machine learning uh, technologies properly, I would say. Yeah, true. Um, so uh, bringing the software software engineers more earlier in already the phase of proof of concepts, right? Is that one of the... Yes, of course. Yeah. So, you, yeah. so you see, could it work in, 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 in larger scale and or is it a theoretical mm. model? We can, uh, how can we apply it? Mm. Uh, how many GPUs do I need? for mm -hmm. one single calculation uh, how much does it cost when when i scale this up uh, as a business can i run it on prem for example if i if i want to do um uh, let's say predictive maintenance monitoring uh, mm -hmm. within uh, physical environments where you uh, have to be uh, 
independent from uh, from uh, cloud providers, for example. Mm-hmm. So speaking of GPT users um, uh, or GPU users, right? We've tested actually most recently, actually quite nice in the hackathon fashion, a bit on on the GPT, so OpenAI's GPT capabilities on you know language modeling, but especially for code generation, automatic code generation, code completion, and code validation. Actually, pretty pretty cool thing. So it seems to be like you know, so machine learning hits hits the software software development toolkits. There was also most recently you know a new feature proposed actually in, in the Microsoft suite um, on on the code monitoring and code completion. Do you have any thoughts on automation and the usage of ML in the software development process? And maybe also have some views on GPT? Yeah, GPT-3. Hmm. Interesting there, maybe. Uh, OpenAI was a non-profit organization. GPT-2 hmm. was uh, open source. Now GPT-3 is closed source. They switched from non-profit to profit organization. So mm. the organization is still named OpenAPI, not renamed to closed AI. Mm. But uh, that's another story. Uh, yeah, coming back to your question, I think software development process, the, the technologies that are available uh, in software development are, are, are very mature um, in, many, many, in many areas. So. Uh, the the quality of compilers, uh, test suites, tooling, and all those things are, are very advanced, and it could make sense in some area maybe to add additional uh, machine learning technologies on top. But I would say if you stick with the best practices or best class software engineering mm. things. This is a top add-on you can then do uh, um, to, to further improve. But I would say just do the best practice in software development in a, in a good way and, 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 and you're ready to shape. It's already okay. Yeah. So rather picking up on the best practices already, what can do? No, no, no technology upgrade. On the other yeah. side, you know, if you if you listen to you know, I don't know, three years ago, Andrew Kaparthi, you know, he, he leads and drives the, the autonomous driving and AI at Tesla. Um, he had this notion, a, a small blog post actually on software 2.0, right, on 2.0, about that we enter a bit of a different paradigm, especially in software development, and that uh, I, my interpretation, it's it's like a data centric, uh, you know, software development because in the traditional aspects, you you formalize explicit some kind of code base, right, which then you throw on top of um, some kind of inference or on data to be right, and with machine learning, you you know, you, you swap the paradigm and say, like, actually, the data writes a bit of, you know, at least initiates the parameter space and writes some, somehow the code, right, um, or to be used. So that means, actually, um, when we deal with machine learning, right, we need a, a, a bit of a different setup in, in interacting with data. Um, and so... I think the proposition was for me is like, hey, we need we need to revamp software IDEs to be totally data centric, right? Labeling, you know, checking, validation, slicing, visualizing these kinds of aspects are much more should be much more closer closer to the code structure. Do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I would say data centric 
software room is not only relevant, uh, let's say, in the, in the fields uh, in relation with AI, uh, machine learning. It's a general topic in software development area, I would say. It's, uh, you have data models, uh, data all over. It's, for me, the, let's say, having standardized descriptions of data models or um, kind of contracts, especially uh, if you have distributed systems, uh, how to exchange data. So as you typically have distributed software systems, so what kind of data? So understanding each other, let's say, um, if you use modern APIs or, or let's say, uh, have distributed systems as we develop uh, since decades uh, within Siemens, mm. the data exchange and and and, and, um, and the model, the data models you you use are are, are essential. And then, of course, on those data models and are driven by patterns on the data models uh, you've agreed upon. There can be uh, applied a lot of things, uh, let's say, uh, from an AI, or even in some cases, you can do it with simple logic. But having the data and, and uh, having the data thinking uh, within the mind of people is probably where we should start mm. for that journey. Yeah. Roger, for us at Siemens, um, so industrial AI is quite a important topic. So meaning that we apply machine learning technologies in real world physical application scenarios. But how can open source maybe help us towards the aspect that industrial AI is about industrial grade, robust, sustainable and secure AI? Or do you think that is contradicting? I'd say it's not contradicting. Um... We're in good shape, and, and uh, it's it's not a, a hype topic. It's of course we can uh, and we do already apply uh, in in multiple fields AI, let's say monitoring, quality assurance, and process optimizations, and uh, uh, based on uh, a lot of open source software stacks um, uh, with some additional. Uh, domain knowledge on um, uh, the models itself. But I mean, is, you know, the, 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 the natural reflection, I think if you talk to a mid-manager, right, and it's like, hey, you know, have you considered, you know, pushing those kinds of capabilities to open source? He's like, hell no, right? We, we, we need to be robust. They need to be secure. If everybody knows, right, how we do it, uh, ain't gonna, you know, they will hack us. Can you, any, any argument against it? Why we still should go open source? Um, at the end, it's, it's a part, let's say the, the core technology is, is open source. Uh, the combination then of the product, let's say combined with our uh, domain expertise uh, with the trained model for, let's say, uh, quality assurance or monitoring of specific aspects uh, uh, is then the brain we bring in as a company and providing value with this. And um, we can't rebuild all those things by ourselves. 
we have to use open source software to accelerate and to, to innovate. There's no way around. Of course, taking care on what to contribute, what to keep in-house, this should be uh, a, a decision uh, to, to be taken, let's say, per piece of software or, or um, uh, and, and not as a, as a global uh, statement, of course, but uh, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm sure uh, maybe you, uh, some colleagues uh, are already thinking about doing uh, AI-based automation and, 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 and stuff like this beside of the, let's say, simpler fields like monitoring, quality assurance, uh, and then uh, uh, process of uh, optimiza optimization. Mm. Yeah, so my, my rationale is always if you, you know, um, managers uh, somehow go and say, like, yeah, let's put that on open source if they, you know, uh, think like, okay, here is the bunch of developers out there and they do this stuff for free, right? But this, uh, this is ain't the way, right, how it's working. I said, like, if you, if you are state of the art and you want to stay state of the art, right, go open source. But if you're not yet open uh, state of the art, right, in terms of contribution, right? Um, there's no reason going open source, right? Because you need to add something, I think, to the community. Or definitely, and you 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 need, of course, if you go open source, you 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 need to push it actively. You you meant to you 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 have to maintain it. You have to, um, of course, promote it. Uh, so to get other people on board using uh, your um a software project and so on and and uh, at the end it's a question also on uh what's what's your focus where to be in a driver's seat where to say ah that framework is good enough i'll, I'll reuse that and focus on other topics where i can create business value based on uh, my expertise knowledge and so on i'm right um Roger, so I would be also super interested to know um, because we're like in a large scale company like Siemens and uh, we're striving towards more digitalization, software development, competencies. And um, where do you see us today? How can we as a company enter the next level and what need to happen? Um, what maybe would you say are the top five skills that are really needed here? Hmm. Collaboration and social skills. So that's, I would say, number one uh, from my perspective, that uh, people are really able to collaborate and uh, interact with each other. Second one, um, yeah, willingness to learn new things every day. As changes the rules, so we, we really have to be uh, adaptive, everyone, because Tomorrow, it's, things are different. The third one, team player. So we don't need individual artists. Of course, it's cool to have individual artists in some uh, areas, but at the end, uh, we have to act as team players. So otherwise, uh, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a team player game, software development. Uh, that's the thing. Um, yeah, third skill creativity i would say with open mindset so thinking out of the box so um, 
maybe look at things from a totally different perspective and and um, and and, and uh, um, to come to better new ideas and and uh, maybe as as a fifth skill I would say being ready to rework things, optimize things, and maybe throw things away you've spent months months uh, two years ago because now there might be something better and just use that one well thanks so much and um, that really sounds like um, good advice and um but roger we're uh, already at the final question now so time's flying um And you've gained tons of experience. You've pushed uh, bold initiatives and uh, we see there's a passion inside you also for the open source movement. Um, what are some key lessons uh, that you can maybe share with our audience out there that uh, want to make a difference in companies like Siemens? Doing is much more important than talking about things we could do than maybe Yeah, do not tell people what they want to hear. I, I think tell them what you personally think and be authentic. And the third one, uh, if you do not feel comfortable and happy with your team or your job, change it. The life is too short. You must, you must like what you do with passion. Beautiful. What a wonderful end to this um, session. And because you mentioned authentic and authenticity, that leads us perfectly to the final part um, of this um, podcast episode. Um, it has been awesome uh, having you as a guest. But before we finish up, we want to play Authentic Autocomplete with you. So let me give you for the closing a couple of sentence starters and you will just finish. Roger, are you ready? Yes. Perfect. So let's start. Siemens is a cool company with amazing people doing world-class engineering. Amazing. AI ops is a must have. I agree. Uh, <laughs> with which person would you instantiate a merge request? I did with my wife. I have two wonderful kids, so I'm, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good answer. Um, COVID has taught me getting rid of unnecessary traveling. Uh, people became more humans instead of robots. So it's okay having dogs barking during a live meeting call or whatever. Kids are crying. Uh, we are humans. Yeah, that's so true. And uh, last but not least, and it's quite a difficult one, Uh, but I'm sure you will do a great job on this. Um, if I could invent a rule for everyone in the world to follow, it would be? You have to be nice with each other and respectful, inclusive and careful. Also with the planet. Embrace diversity and have fun. No, that's a that's a nice nice closing, right? That's uh, a good statement. Hey, Roger, thanks so much uh, for you know spending a bit of time with us talking about you know of the needs of software culture and software competences, uh, the challenge of DevOps and uh, what it actually means, right? Uh, shaping a a software centric culture in large organizations. So we highly appreciate uh, your time and that you 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 made it in in our little podcast show. Thanks a lot, uh, Uli and uh, Aubrey. Uh, it was a pleasure to be here talking with you.
And folks out there, stay tuned. There is a lot more to come, right? We're coming now from software to the next aspects, why it's important and how to shape an AI-first culture in our uh, cooperation. And stay tuned, stay bold, committed, and open-minded. And we hear us at the next Siemens AI podcast. Cheers. Mm-hmm.